0: Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Hey, Ryan. Hey, Jason.
1: Hello. Good morning for me. Good afternoon for everybody in New York and beyond.
0: <laughs> good morning. Good afternoon. I know. Hello. I'm in from Hawaii every Wednesday at what, 5 a.m. over there? 6
1: a.m. When uh, daylight savings time ends, it'll be 7 Slightly, Slightly better, but it's a great way to start the day. What can I say?
0: Oh, we love that. We love a good, a good early morning chat about all things AI. Um, I feel like some weeks it's probably like, okay, cool. Yep. where things are looking good. And the other weeks it might be a little like, oh, okay. We're talking about all the ways that AI could potentially come after us. And what a way to start the day. <laughs> like, oh God.
1: Well, good thing we put um, it in the middle of the week. So we don't uh, ruin anyone's weekend. That's for sure.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I'd like to uh, make a suggestion, since we're talking about our robot overlords, that our theme be Metallica's Master of Puppets or something along those lines, because I think that'd be more apropos. But that's just me.
0: Yo, wait, I'm dead. That's amazing. Instead Rebrands of uh, it's the it end of
1: the world as we know it? Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Time to rebrand.
0: <laughs> exactly. We can just rebrand it. Um Well, today is an exciting week. Um, Today, uh, I'm sorry, today is an exciting week. I can no longer speak English. Today is an exciting day because we are officially launching Emerge, which is our latest uh, hub over at Decrypt uh, for all things um, AI, ML, longevity, biohacking, DeSci, a little bit of space tech, um, it's all things emerging and breaking tech, and we're super excited about it. So stay tuned because we'll we'll be sharing a little bit more this afternoon um, on all of our social platforms for what you can expect over at Emerge and what it looks like. Um, but yeah, super excited to kind of just be making more of an official commitment as a company to cover all things AI related. We started expanding our coverage a couple of months ago, and this is just us making it official that we have every intent on continuing to do so. Um, it's an area that we're we're really excited about um, as a news organization. So um pumped to kind of continue to cover those topics and to really build community around it as well. Um, there's so much that, that we have in the works that we're really excited about. And I will circle back at the end of the space and tell you guys a little bit more about how to plug in. But I'm going to turn it over to you guys, Ryan and Jason, to kind of share a little bit more about what's going on in AI this week. Highs, lows, uh uh-ohs, where are we at? There's always so much happening in the space, as always. Um, So I'm gonna kick it over to you guys to kind of hear your takes on the latest this week.
1: Thanks Abigail,
0: yeah.
2: Thank you. Um, I think our biggest uh uh-oh of the week is probably the AI model that put SpongeBob in one of the planes that hit the World Trade Center. I don't think you can get too much more uh-oh than that. That That's that's pretty bad. Especially when you consider how these, these AI models have at least said they've done a lot to weed out uh, content that could be disturbing, could be, uh, you know, uh, harmful to viewers, things like that. But... There's still ways to get around that, and I don't think that's ever going to change unless you really clamp down on just usage. That That's the only way you're really going to clamp down on that. But for me, that's the biggest uh-oh that I can think of so far this week.
1: You know, I think it's fascinating that – I mean – it goes all the way back to just the political environment that we've essentially found ourselves in in the last six or seven years, and the idea that nothing is sacred anymore. I mean, I uh, having I'm not you know having lived uh, through nine eleven, I was in Hawaii, as far away in the United States as you could get, and it still was just unimaginable, indescribable. And I remember people saying, this is the end of comedy. There won't be any more late night talk shows. Like we can't even laugh anymore and all of that, that we've come here to this point where, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh is a good word. I think when you talk about the detection technologies, you're right. I don't think detection technologies will ever be the solution. Uh, You know, OpenAI gave up on it and they make this stuff. And when we're talking about something as nebulous as video that basically something can be generated on the fly, like when you begin to hear people saying, we want the creators of these technologies to implement watermarking, digital watermarking, so that we can track it back to a person, like implementing know-your-customer rules that apply to banking just to be able to use these tools. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds like an enormous invasion of Privacy, and also when you're at the point where you can run these models on your own computer, how effective are those controls? Like, I, I'm pretty sure that every metaphor about letting the genie out of the bottle, the horse getting out of the barn, um, unringing a bell, we're definitely there.
2: Well, you have to, you have to remember that anytime, anytime you're asking the government to clamp down on something or rein in something – you're basically asking for an expansion of the surveillance state and that's what you're going to get if you really want the government to clamp down on ai technology in a meaningful way that keeps these things from being created if you really want deep fakes to be stopped the government has to monitor these platforms as well as the users so that they can go after the people who are making them. It's not just a rule you can put out because criminals don't care about that. But you don't know who's doing it until it's done. So it's like, okay, well, now we have to broaden the surveillance state in order to keep an eye on everybody.
1: And I definitely think that we've seen some examples of attempts to go that way. They have not turned out well. I think that what is just more mournful for me and sad for me, but that's because I'm an oldie or becoming an oldie, certainly, you know, it's sort of like the other direction is chaos. The other direction is the end of decorum, the end of good taste. Like those things just become non-existent. It's not like there's going to be a line that you cannot cross, there will be no lines. And that is, kind of scary. And I think kind of to extend uh, and to get further into the news, you know, a lot of the governments that are talking about deepfakes are concerned about the use in a uh, wartime condition and the use of causing panic or anything in a nation state, in an economy. And it's not theoretical. You know, this week there was coverage of deepfakes in Slovakia's election. Like it's not I think it's interesting that this year of AI, coming after OpenAI released its tool just toward the end of last year, is at least not an election year in the United States. But these tools are hitting the world in the middle of different political cycles. And now Slovakia, I think, is one of the first test grounds, or unfortunately, the first battlegrounds for this sort of technology to actually be disruptive to uh, the stability of a government.
2: Well, you have to also think about how easy it is to actually mislead the masses. Because historically, people have been misled to do all kinds of heinous things from just listening to something on the radio or seeing it on TV. And that was based on you actually being tuned into that station, watching that channel at the time to even see it. Now, we have that in our pocket. So you're exposed to potential deep fakes and misinformation and whatever 24/7 now. So even if they take it down as soon as they see it, it's already been seen by millions of people already. So it's like, well what do you do?
1: And not to get too topical or not topical but too too sensitive or political. I mean ever since we had the deadly wildfires on Maui, like it would seem like there's no <laughs> There, I couldn't. I wouldn't have think thought going into it that there would be an entire, like Sandy Hook like conspiracy growing around that, and there is like it. And and there's even belief that you know Chinese misinformation agents are part of that. Like there is no topic that cannot be, derailed, uh, distracted, or shaped, by nefarious malicious agents, and it is kind of sad, and it is it is definitely kind of scary. Hundred percent. So we um, also kind of had some coverage about uh, something that I only discovered or met in person just a couple of weeks ago, um, virtual streamers, you know, Um, being the old that I am, there was a time where I felt completely flabbergasted that people would spend time online watching other people play video games. But then i sort of got into it and i liked seeing the little head in the corner as they reacted to the surprise in the game and like okay this is it's kind of fun it's like hanging with a friend well now you don't even need to have a camera on yourself because there's this explosion in what uh, i've heard is called vtubers like virtual youtubers they don't even need to you're they don't need to show their their face on camera because they have the ability to create photorealistic avatars whether it's a Anime waifu or uh, a talking fox. Have you have you been seeing any of these or have any of them actually captured your attention? I well, VTuber
2: is is actually not that new. Um one of the older Vtubers that I can recall is uh Code Maiko. She uh has been around for a while on Twitch and uh she was actually on G4 TV. A little while ago, um, and it's basically using CGI to overlay a uh, AI body or digital body on top of a um, actor or actress wearing a um, motion capture suit. Um, the what I think is interesting though is that with the advancements in AI, the quality is getting better so that it's more like talking to a uh like a real digital avatar than it is just talking to something that looks like say an anime
1: character it's the the quality has gotten so much better and i think you know the natural end of this is that and this probably exists because who knows, there's always someone pushing the boundaries. But right now it's a human being with a realistic digital avatar and interacting in a, you know, genuine way. So you feel like you can form a bond. There's a community. Um, but eventually they can just press the button and have it run without them even being there and maybe get run a live stream twenty four seven where they are running commentary, they are running through <laughs> Minecraft or something, but they're not even there. Like everything is on autopilot. Like, can you imagine like just Thousands and thousands of concurrent channels of different personalized AI agents being entertainers in a, a YouTube streamer sort of way.
2: Exactly, and I think as as this technology gets more prevalent, and you start interacting with these digital avatars more and more, then it's going to um, it's going to really become more personalized, where the thing can talk to you as opposed to talking to an, an audience quote-unquote right, it'll be right. more like when you ch- type into the chat it can respond directly to you and and interact with you like like if it's just a one-on-one conversation
1: it's sort of like the her movie scenario right like um, everybody has this friend but it's an individual and unique friendship uh, for each person like i do i totally hear what you're saying it's kind of uh terrifying and you know shout out to kate our gg uh hub editor our gaming hub editor who's uh, could probably talk for hours about this of course but is um been very educational for me, uh, again, kind of catching up with the state of the art. So shout out to that. And if you are into this stuff and you think that listening to us talk about it is like listening to your grandpa talk about, I don't know, uh, uh, a toaster, then you should probably just go over to GG over on Decrypt. Now, this was a, a story you covered, um, Jason. You know, we've been tracking. I think we're going to get to the point where it's just going to be a database, eventually. Uh, celebrities that get emulated with deep fakes and people are thinking about you know uh famous actresses and and we're going to talk about we should probably talk about tom hanks and uh uh, uh, not john williams but um, robin williams but mr beast like the biggest speaking of youtube the biggest youtube personality is now trying to swat down uh, a deep fake what's going on here Well,
2: yeah, uh, Mr. Beast is just the latest uh, celebrity getting the uh, AI deepfake treatment. Um, It's To be honest, I don't know how successful these uh, AI database um, companies are going to be because if someone's doing something illegal, they're not going to use what you're providing. They're going to use some... uh, video that they scraped off of YouTube or Instagram or whatever. And it's not that hard to take someone's likeness and put a different voice over it and add text to it anymore. The thing is, you're you're scamming people and scams, as we know in crypto and Web3, don't run that long they run long enough to scrape up as much money as possible to fool as many people as possible and then if they're not discovered they go away so that they're not discovered so you don't need high quality digital avatars to scam people you just need something that's so familiar to people that okay that's Mr. Beast what is he talking about if you don't actually follow Mr. Beast you have no idea what Mr. Beast sounds like So that's what these scammers are preying on. And that's why I'm not 100% sure that these digital avatar companies are going to actually be able to stop
1: what we're seeing. I don't think stopping is the the question either because when you're talking about a personality like Mr. Beast, it's all about that uh, fan interaction, the fact that he's like, all right, well, if you do this thing in the next 30 uh, minutes, you're going to get a free car. Like, you know, it's all about like flash mob thinking and unfortunately that's why it can be effective like well this sounds like something that mr beast would do all i have to do is connect my crypto wallet and uh i could uh, get a a trip to to take a tour of sbf's house in the bahamas i'm going to do that right like before any mechanism could even be enacted, it's already done all of the damage that it's going to do. And I think the reason why I was interested in the Mr. Beast story is that he is the closest thing to like an individual citizen for whom there is also just hours and hours and hours of training data, basically, to give to an AI so you can do a perfect uh, recreation of him. You know, just this morning, my girlfriend sent me this uh, five-night's Uh, at obama instead of five nights at freddy's Mm -hmm. where they used uh obama as the character in this this game world and again because he is very heavily covered you have no shortage of video footage to emulate and train an ai to do stuff but mr beast (laughs) you know he's doing it to himself like it's just fascinating that one you create the raw material for yourself that could be exploited but i think Back to your point, Jason, it's unfortunate that it might change the model of how influencers work, because now uh, if you continue to incentivize people to do dumb things quickly, uh, people are going to do dumb things and get victimized quickly.
2: And to your point earlier about the election season, I mean, if you do a Google search for Biden and Weekend at Bernie's. You're going to see all kinds of crazy things that are already up. And these are just still pictures putting his face terribly on top of uh, images from the movie. Imagine if someone tried to run that through an image generator that can do video. I mean, that would go, even if it doesn't go viral, it'll go big enough because people are going to share it because it's like crazy, funny, whatever so it's just it it's just this stuff is just unstoppable at this point.
1: Yeah, it's almost like, gee, I don't know. We are being trained to be viral agents to spread this material, like a photo of the Pope in a puffy designer jacket. Hmm, that's uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, when we talk about sci-fi scenarios and becoming batteries or viral agents for an AI overlord, I, I kind of feel like we're following that template. Already. Well, I think, you know, this kind of flows into your great um, wrap up yesterday, Jason, about specific sets of uh, celebrities that are being hit by deep fakes. And we mentioned Tom Cruise and Robin Williams, and it goes all the way back to CBS and NBC anchors being used to pitch this stuff. Tom Hanks's deep fake is selling a dental plan. Like, uh, there's just it, it's it's unstoppable. And it's just amazing that. Um, it's just propagating so quickly that it's almost, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's unstoppable. I mean, as you start to track all of this stuff, what else is really occurring to you about where we're going to be in say six months now that we're only, we're only a year into this revolution. The deep fakes
2: are going to get worse. And I don't mean worse, like poor quality worse as in we're not going to be able to distinguish them from reality. Um, That's my biggest fear about where we're heading. Um, Another fear, well, not really a fear, but maybe a concern that I have, is that governments are really starting to lean on AI for military uh, applications. We covered that a few times, like the uh, Department of Defense ran some tests using genitive AI um, on battlefield scenarios. And we covered... uh, military contract companies putting ai into war planes i mean it's just the fact that this thing is it it, it was already ubiquitous when it was on our phones now it's finding its way to the battlefield around the world and it's like okay we all saw terminator we all saw what the t-800 looked like and could do why are we marching ourselves towards that like why we already know why are we not
1: pumping the brakes yeah, we've basically written the game plan that we're following, even though it's a apocalyptic scenario. I remember when um, Terminator came out, and it was sort of like, well, if this technology ever existed, we wouldn't be dumb enough to actually put it in something with weapons, <laughs> and we're doing exactly that. You know, oh, these robotic dogs are kind of scary, but we're not going to like let them loose or anything. They're just going to be um, laboratory experience. No, we're going to you know start deploying them in, in uh, war zones, like we can't stop ourselves perhaps like let's see what this does. It's like discovering fire, but (laughs) something that can destroy the world.
2: I forget, I forget who said it, but it's, it's a, it's a good quote. It was basically that man can't help, but mankind can't help, but be the instrument of its own destruction. Like we're, we're primed to be our own destruction. And it's, it's like, we we consider ourselves the most intelligent species on this planet, yet we keep doing things that is are more than likely going to cause mass extinction. So it's like, how intelligent are you if you keep doing that? And it's not. Uh, I was watching um, Sunday morning, CBS Sunday morning, and Ted Koppel was interviewing um, a AI policymaker. And she was like, well, you know, if if our adversaries use AI for nefarious reasons, we won't sink to that level. And he was like, we sink to that level all the time. I mean, we, we answered Pearl Harbor with two nuclear attacks on Japan. We went there and we went there happily, even though we consider ourselves the good guys. And I don't and she didn't have an answer for that. Basically, it was. Well, hopefully, we won't go to that level again. I'm like, no, we will. It's it's just it's human nature.
1: Yeah, history repeats itself. I mean, um, and by the way, I'm sorry, Jason. CBS, Ted Koppel. How how old are you? No. Um. Yeah. Uh. We're already. That's the else. That's the other natural human argument, which is well, if we don't do it, someone else is going to do it. So we better beat them to the punch. That's the that's the nuclear argument all over again. But. Boy, you know, I do feel like that some of these conversations uh, just get more and more frightening. Um, Before we wrap up, uh, if anybody has any questions or thoughts that they would like to share, feel free to um, raise your hand and maybe we'll be able to give you the mic. I think Abigail is going to keep an eye on that. But uh, we'll just continue with one more topic and then we want to tell you about our Emerge launch. But uh, Jason, as somebody I turn to, who actually uses these tools in practical ways, not to destroy humanity. Um, you know, it's been an interesting week in terms of players, you know, I think last week it was Google saying that you can now use our Bard AI and it can crawl all of your email and all of your Google Docs and answer questions for you about your work. Um, this week was about Microsoft and their, you know, AI aspirations. They're an investor in open AI. They put it into Bing, so people are actually playing with Bing now. I mean, that's that's up there with CBS and Ted Koppel. Uh, have you played with these, like, almost corporate office implementations of AI?
2: Why, why are you hating on Ted Koppel,
1: though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hating on him. There's a demographic <laughs> that I'm just surprised you are overlapping with.
2: Well, considering my first book that I remember reading was Neuromancer in the eighties. That gives you an idea of how old I am.
1: Okay, but okay, it, you're cool again.
2: <laughs> but um so I've been playing around with Microsoft's suite of tools and, and yeah, I know Microsoft isn't the cool kid in the room anymore, but they did really go hard into implementing AI in their office suite. Um my I I don't like the idea of AI scanning your emails. I think that could be a slippery slope into more surveillance. Um, But I do like that Bing automatically transitions to telling you, like, say you do a search and as you're going through the list of results, it's AI is in the corner telling you about what it is you asked for. And then you can click on, the response and be taken to links that it thinks will be of use to you that's pretty cool uh and it also helps that you rack up microsoft points using their browser
1: so i can get um, free xbox games but i'm sorry <laughs> people people collect microsoft points still isn't that like collecting the box tops off your cereal to get pencils like I, what
2: hey a free pencil don't don't knock a free pencil uh <laughs> but uh it it's it's an all in one ecosystem. So if you're jumping from Word to Excel to PowerPoint, then it's it's good. It's I think office users would benefit the most from it. I don't really see it being a something that the average person would go to, especially since most, for example, schools, uh just private users typically go to Google nowadays. But Microsoft isn't skimping on their AI um, tools.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting where you're like, you don't feel comfortable with AI in your email. I mean, it's been there. In fact, spam filtering from the t- 2004 was early implementations of artificial intelligence, but I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but um, putting these tools in what people use every day is much more transformative than it being just something fringy on the internet. Like before, you had to go to open, uh, you know, chat.openai.com and uh, do all of these things, and now you just fire up your office suite and it's using AI to do stuff for you. But I, I have to admit, like even Gmail, so they've been doing this predictive text stuff for a long time based on your writing emails. And I was telling myself, I am never going to use that. I'm going to write. I mean, I'm probably a faster and better writer myself than this AI thing. But what's been happening more and more is when I start an email and I'm like, hello, Jason, I hope this message finds you well or whatever. It It's so good at knowing what I would have said that it puts it there on the screen as soon as I type like aloha and the, the whole sentence is there. I'm like, oh, my God, I might as well just use it because it is what I would type there. So I think. When that becomes mainstream, it's going to be my my favorite cartoon all over again where person on the left panel says, "I love AI. I just type a sentence and it writes a whole ten paragraph email for me. and the right panel is someone saying, "I love AI. It turns this ten paragraph email into just one sentence that I can understand. <laughs> like it's, it's just going to take over all of our communication.
2: I'm waiting for the day where it will, when I'm typing, I hope you're well, and it'll say, you know, getting well, you shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> That's what I'm waiting for. But the, 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 I haven't had much luck with AI generators um, as far as emails go. And the reason, what I, what I mean is the AI box will pop up and say, I can draft an email for you. And it'll draft this six page, long convoluted email that I then have to go back through, cut all the filler it put in to basically just ask something that should have only taken a sentence or two. I think that's where we're having our issue is that they're overcompensating for being able to draft an email when it should really be more simplistic.
1: Well, that reminds me of like, again, this is probably 15 years old now, but there was a movement called three sentences. Does this, ring a bell where uh, the, the vow they wanted everyone in the world to make was no email should be longer than three sentences. And (laughs) so I can see why you're, I can see why you're saying that, but I am one of those verbose people that probably likes the sound of my own uh, typing uh, or whatever, so my emails are 10 pages already, so it pr- probably be, be different for me. Well, there's going to be more news on this front every week, um, sometimes less scary, hopefully, and less depressing, but uh, we will continue these uh, eMERGE um, decrypting AI Twitter spaces every week on Wednesday, but before we wrap, Abby, if you're still there, perhaps we can talk a little bit about today's big launch over at Decrypt.
0: Yeah, sure thing. Also, Ryan, I think that the fact that you air on the verbose side is probably what makes you a good journalist for all these things, right? It's better to kind of have expanded coverage instead of trying to summarize all the breaking news a little bit too much. So, um, hey, I think it's all all good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, guys, um, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, We are officially launching Emerge today over at Decrypt. Um, Emerge is our fourth and latest hub. Um, Earlier this year, we um, have launched Scene, GG, and DGen Alley, which are three different hubs that all kind of have different feels to them, brands, communities that they're all organizing around. Um, Emerge is everything related to AI, ML, longevity, biohacking, DSI, a little bit of space tech. Um, Actually, Ryan and Jason, random little question for you. I was thinking about this earlier today. If you had to pick a Harry Potter house to describe Emerge, which one would it be? Uh,
2: Ravenclaw, definitely.
0: (laughs) Hell yes. Hell yes. I was thinking thinking maybe a little uh, bit of Slytherin.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm that's what i was gonna say because i'm, <laughs> I'm nerdy. but no uh slytherin is anything related to the government
0: <laughs> <laughs> yo okay but okay I, I have,
2: every, people who know me know i have a dim view about the government so you know but the uh the the we're definitely in raven clock because we're gonna deep dive into a bunch of topics uh like you said a i longevity space I can't wait for space because that's 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 my uh my uh thats my baby right there um but yeah it it we're we're the studious ones that are gonna teach people a lot I love it right I
1: like that yeah that's cool i mean the interesting thing about emerge is that it it sort of existed before it's effectively the decrypt uh incubator where we explore topics and say, is this a thing right is this a topic of tomorrow is this where things are going um artificial intelligence which is the current pillar of emerge is where we started but that's how we realized that hey you know Um, Interesting things are happening in longevity, biohacking, life extension or age reversal and things like that. So we're getting into that. Um, I love the Jason's into space. We're even talking to a couple of very established uh, space industry reporters. We're talking about everything from just what NASA is doing to bigger dreams about space colonization. Um, So you know, if you want to kind of get a sense of both what's coming in the future because of, yes, emerging technology, but also what uh, we at Decrypt are noodling with, I think this is the place to go. It's a window into, you know, uh, a year from now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we also recognize that with all of this, right, um, there's a lot of emotions that come up around AI and ML and topics like longevity, um, we really want to be here for you guys as you are navigating all these emerging topics in the same way we are. And so feel free to hit us up if you guys have any questions. Um, Ryan and Jason are covering these things day in and day out. They've been reporting on emerging tech for years. And so they're really extremely well suited to be able to kind of give, you know, not only their takes on what is happening as it's happening, but their POVs on, on where we're heading Um, And so we just want this to be a safe space. We love to say a a safe space for everyone to kind of come and ask questions and share how they're, they're feeling about all this. Um, So a few ways for you guys to plug in to Emerge. Um, We have a special uh, section as part of our discord for all Emerge related topics. Um, We're going to start sharing in there a little bit more about these weekly spaces. So that's something that you can join. If you guys have specific questions or topics that are currently, how ha- you know, you read a headline and you're like, what is this? I kind of want to dig into this a little bit more. Ask Ryan and Jason about it. Um, post that in the Discord and then we'll, we'll talk about it on the Decrypting AI um, Twitter space. Um, we'll also just have a bunch of other channels for you guys to kind of share what you're working on if you work in any of these industries. Um, A few other things that we have going out. So there's a weekly newsletter on all things AI called Jen. Generative Int- Intelligent is what it stands for. She's a cute little robot that basically just breaks down all of the emerging tech news um, for you every single week. And then we're also going to be launching a newsletter on all topics related to longevity. So think um, obscure niche scientific experiments about uh life extension sort of topic so that will be coming out in the next few weeks as well so as you can see there's just a lot going on um we're super excited about this hub and excited for you guys to plug into it a little bit more as well um we'll be announcing it this afternoon in a couple hours um on all of our main channels so yeah follow along ryan and jason anything else that we should add
2: no no that's it um Just check out Emerge, stick with uh, Decrypt for all the latest, uh, not just in this space, but across gaming and the Web3. And we're also following the uh, Sam Bakeman free trial. So stick with us to learn to find out how that's going.
1: (laughs) Wall to wall SBF, that's for sure. I did have one question to leave with. Uh, everybody and I'm going to be asking this quite a bit. One of the things that I'm excited about or interested in, and we talk about emerging technologies, and this is ironic because this is a Twitter space, but what is the next platform? I want to be the f- first post-Twitter sort of media community. Um it's not, a, it's not a surprise that uh, full communities are just relocating and bailing on Twitter. I, I think it's been an amazing ride, but people move on. They're, we all used to be on MySpace. So where is the place for the conversations and the community and the comments and the interaction um, that we should be looking at? Is it Discord? <laughs> is it going back to LinkedIn? Like, uh, we'd love to hear where you'd like us to be. But yes, thank you very much. Abby, yeah. take it away.
0: Yeah, Ryan, that's a great shout out. Um, If you guys have any perspectives on that, just please go ahead and uh, respond to the Twitter thread that we have going under this space. Um, Would truly love to hear from you guys um, in terms of perspectives on platforms that are best suited to really build out this community. Um, I did drop the link to join the Discord. That's invite for, you know, everyone can join that. Um, Please come hang. Uh, We would love to have you guys there. And then we're also building out um, a bit more of like a private LinkedIn group. Um, I'll share the link for that as well. in the thread, um, that is more targeted towards people who are working in these fields. Um, so it's a little bit more, um, restricted, but please come check it out. And, and, uh, yes, would love to really hear your guys' thoughts on, um, how we can leverage this community best, how you guys want to receive your news and how you want to, to interact with us. Um, we're here for that. And, uh, are excited to continue building that out with you guys. Um, And I think that's about it for this week then. We'll we'll see you guys here next week, 12 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. Um, And more to come from the Ravenclaw group at Decrypt. So thanks everyone. Thanks Ryan and Jason. Thank you. Aloha. Aloha. (laughs) Bye guys.
1: Bye, Bye bye.